Precious is the Lamb. Precious is the Lamb. Deliverance is the Lamb. Peace is the Lamb. Peace is the Lamb. Joy is the Lamb. Joy is the Lamb. Love is the Lamb. Love is the Lamb. You are. want you to take a moment and just think about how God provided for you this morning. What an amazing God He is. Even through turmoil, He's good. Even through turmoil, He's faithful. No matter the circumstances you're facing financially, He's good. He's sovereign, He rules, and He reigns this morning. So I just want to take this moment and if you with your family or so, will you just declare the goodness of God? If you've got a neighbor, just declare the goodness of God over them this morning. Lord, we just say your goodness rules and reigns. Lord, we just say thank you that you are so good. Lord, thank you for families. (laughs) Thank you that you're the head of families, Lord, Father God. Thank you that you will remain the head of families, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, even in war, you are love and you are peace, Lord Father God. So no matter what happens in our economy in the globe, we say your love and your peace, it rules and reigns. Because you are sovereign and you are good, Lord Father God. And even this morning, Lord Father God, we just declare joy over this place this morning. We declare love in this place, oh Father God. May there be more and more just encounters of you this morning, Lord Father God. Even through the word, Lord Father God, may there just be more and more encounters with you, Lord Father God. Thank you that you are the head, Lord Father God, in everything. So Lord, we just say thank you. Thank you that you're sovereign. Thank you that you rule and reign, Lord, in everything. In your name, amen and amen. Thank you so much, band and people. As you gather your seats, I'll gather my notes. <laughs> Are we doing well this morning, church? Yeah. Wow. So good this morning, eh? Um, I want to welcome those who are visiting for the first time. Um, if this is your first time here, hello. 
um, we are normally this crazy and this good and this amazing. Um, if you have not received a welcome card, um, do me that awkward favor and just quickly raise your hand um, so that we can give you one. It's just our way to connect with you and you to connect with us. So if you're visiting and you have not received that card, um, we would love to connect with you this morning. Um, we are the Father's House. A multi-generational, multicultural, multi-lacher, multi-clapper, um, multi-Jesus, everything um, type of church. <laughs> um, we don't clap hands here. No, we don't. Oh, just one Jesus. Oh, that, yeah, 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 yeah. And we also know our theology. Uh, praise God. <laughs> hey, come on, somebody. Um, but yes, we are. Um, I assume I want to backtrack all my words now. We want Jesus, no? <laughs> one Jesus, just to confirm, no? Just to confirm. Um, but yeah, but um, we do want to just welcome you this morning. Um, we love celebrating birthdays here at this church. So you will see. Um, oh, there we are. Um, I don't know if is any one of you guys here this morning. Oh, hey, Uncle Tom, you here? Where are you? Hey, where's Uncle Tom? There you are. It's Uncle Tom's birthday, guys. Like, and it's still the year, sir. So see your birthday. Wow. Um, Uncle Tom, I'm coming for tea. Um, and Andrew's just today. Oh, happy birthday to you, Andrea. Happy birthday to you. You can hire me four days out of the five days of the week. Um, 200 rand an hour and um, Jason if you need me for worship next week I veil myself as a vessel unto the Lord <laughs> but if you're having a birthday Andrea happy birthday today man like having a birthday and for the rest of you you have I'll record that soundtrack by the sounds of the nations and I'll send it to you on whatsapp <laughs> um, but guys have an awesome birthday it's so good man and then um, we love praying for the sick. Um, so you'll see we've got the hospital prayer ministry happening. Eddie, are you here? Where are you? There we go. Just quickly stand so the people can see you, man. If you want to connect with this guy, um, they go out and they pray for the people. And also, he's a cool guy. He's like what is called a chaplain. Is it a chaplain? Eh? Is it chaplain vibes and stuff? He goes there and he bid for the people um, in the hospitals and stuff. So if you are keen and you'd love to join that ministry, Chat to him. Um, they've got obviously things happening often. Um, so connect there um, and go out and pray um, and bring those stories back eh, about what God's doing um, there and so forth. We also have another amazing thing happening, and this is for all parents. And I do want to clarify um, when we say parents, we do want to say um, if you're a grandparent, you're considered a parent, right? Um, if you are a parent of a teenager, a toddler, or whatever phase of life, we've got this amazing parent workshop happening. Um, this happens often, and you'll see um, it's very important because in today's culture and world, um, we do need to equip parents. Now, listen, I love youth. I'm passionate about young people, but I only see them two hours out of the week, right? And you see them the rest, Bless you. <laughs> Two hours. Hectic, eh? Um, but I really want to encourage you with these type of workshops that we have here at the Father's House. They are there to equip you with tools on how to have conversation and how to navigate the things of this world. Um, there's a lot going on. 
um, and as parents, we really want to come side support. So you'll see the topic that they have there. Woo, it's a sexy one. Um, they're going to talk about how to talk to your kids about sex in a sex-crazed world. Um, good topic, eh? Yeah. So um, we'll send out a link. You'll be able to register. Um, but listen, man, whether you, your child is 5, 15, or 50, Come along. Um, yes, even at 50, you can still give them advice about. <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> um, we have launched our Connect Nights um, on Wednesdays. And we had the first one this Wednesday part. And it was good, eh? Yeah, it was good. It was good. So if you have not been there yet, please, we want to let you know. Connect Nights happen here at the church every Wednesday, and please note, you're more than welcome to bring your family, um, so bring the kids along, bring your teenagers along, bring them all, invite friends, we at the church at seven, a bit of worship, a bit of teaching, and then it's connecting in our groups and stuff, so it's an amazing time um, that we're running, and it's like a man, there's no food though, so you must eat beforehand, just to clarify, all right, just to clarify, all right, let me move on here. <laughs> also, we've got some regular meetings at the church here. We've got some um, youth happening every Friday. Um, we've got the ladies meeting every Wednesday. Healing streams by appointment. Again, just to clarify, we're not saying that we're that busy that we don't have time for you. Um, there's admin in work. Um, there's admin involved in the work that they do at Healing Streams. So the appointment is literally just to get them ready for you to come. All right, so um, please don't feel like this. They're dealing with a lot of people. Maybe they are. We don't know. Um, but there's space for you in this room for you, so please feel free to do that. Um, also, if you'd love um, some counseling, whether it be marriage or just to chat, Jose and Cheryl, where you guys? Can you just like whoop, whoop, wave, wave there? Those are the guys to chat towards. Um, Jose might just serenade you in counseling. Also, there was some song. Um, I can be backup vocals, yes. Um, but please chat to them, whether it be marriage or anything, it would be really amazing. And then obviously, there is one important announcement you'll see next. Um, the church is officially advertising this post to the people within our congregation. Um, so we're looking for an executive administrator, personal assistant to Marlon. Um, <laughs> I kid, it's not, it's not for me. Um, but yeah, we um, obviously will be sending out the information um, via um, our church um, track app connect and you'll get everything. Um, if I had to put all the information there, the slide would be too small, man. <laughs> you know? So please note, we are officially advertising the post and we will send all the information which has all the requirements and so forth. Um, so if you are keen, if you're interested, um, check that email, but also speak to Bertram at the back. You'll see him standing there by the door. Um, have a chat with him. He'll give you more information as well. And um, last but not least, we will be having coffee today. Praise God. Um, yeah. Um, only two people clap. You guys are disappointing. <laughs> Thank you. It's amazing ministry coffee. Um, it's, a, it's a good time to chat um, and stuff. But we're going to have coffee. Um, please feel free to join us after church. And then um, as I hand over to Tim, 
just quickly over the next few weeks, you'll be seeing that we, oh, before that also, yes, um, we must pray. <laughs> we'll also be just, we'll be launching um, our Church Connect app over the next few weeks. Um, I'm saying it very slowly because I don't want you to freak out, man, hey? Um, you'll see us, we'll come, we'll help you out with a few things. It's going to be our official communications moving forward, but also for you to easily register for events. You can see what's happening at the church and so forth. So when you see me at the door and I pop up there, I'm like, hey, do you have an app? Um, don't freak out. Um, I'm there to assist and help. Um, and we'll have others also that will be assisting and helping you over the next few weeks. Um, and then I'll start the YouTube channel for us now and then I'll talk you through the app <laughs> is that okay but yeah but let's quickly pray for these thousand offerings and Lord we just say thank you that even in the economy that we're in today you will look after us Lord Father God um, and that includes each and every single family member not only at this church but in, in the world Lord Father God you provide um, you are good and we know that you are a promise keeper Lord Father God so we know that we do not have to worry about tomorrow because we serve you, Lord Father God. Um, so bless this um, to the church, and may the church extend your kingdom. Yes. Amen. 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 Tim, all yours, man. Do you also want the intro? No? Okay. I can also sing for you if you want. No. No. Yo. Someone, no, please don't. Love you, Yo. I'm going to send your voice now. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Goedemorgen, are you doing well? Good. I, I am enjoying, thank you, um, we're enjoying the weather. I don't know if you're enjoying the weather. Thank you, Lord. And I'm sure most of you are praying for tonight. For uh, <laughs> eh? No, no, I, I'm speaking about something else, not rugby. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, there are things happening and so much happening in the world, eh? And I think um, before we get into the word, um, it's important that we stay focused on Jesus. I just loved Jillian, your songs this morning, just bringing us back to the centrality of Christ. It's so easy to get distracted by all these things that are happening. Um, and so before I speak about navigating change, that's what the Lord laid in my heart this week. What does scripture say about navigating change? Um, I think it's a, it's a word that is um, meant for the season we're in. So many things are changing, and it's changing so quickly. And I'm sure that if you look at your own life, you probably have realized a similar thing. But I, I just want to make a few um, announcements quickly. So we have um, come to the point where we are about to start our renovations. Yeah. And I just want to remind, if you, if you, if you, sorry, Fred, I just love that T-shirt. <laughs> I, I didn't expect you to wear that. <laughs> um, okay, so if you're not familiar with Phase One, this is what's going to be happening with Phase One. Um, our cry room is behind that wall. We're going to be opening up that wall and putting a window in so that those sitting in the toddler's room, the cry room, can actually see into the service. That's just going to help um, people just feel more part of what's happening inside. Um, and then we are shifting quite a bit around on that side um, with our, the cry, the cry room in fact is moving closer to the toddlers. They'll have a separate feeding room, but it's, um, it's going to be right there in that same section. So as they come in, 
They'll go, the, those moms with uh, little babies can go and feed, and you'll be able to have a little monitor to see, you know, while you're in that room, okay? The rest will be in the toddler's room. You'll, you'll be able to also have a monitor, but as well look through the window. And so if you see any things happening in the church and you're wondering what's going on, you can just peep through. That, that's going to be a one, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know where Bertrand anymore, but it's going to be a one-way window. So from this side, is it right? We won't be able to see through, but you'll be able to see into the venue. Um, so just to remind you that that's phase one is all to do with the inside. Phase two is what we're waiting on. And that, that probably looks more likely to happen next year. Um, the sale of the property has gone through. However, I think the deeds office, there's some, it's, it's always a waiting period with the deeds office. As soon as that goes through, we're going to be expanding our foyer area, opening up um, more bigger doors um, in the foyer. So you, that little nook that we have there is going to disappear. In fact, it's going to become part of the foyer. So I'm hoping, um, guys, we can have those pictures up for phase two. Um, I'm looking at the building team, <laughs> the building committee. We can put those pictures up maybe before the year ends. But right now, phase one is going to just help me, Bertram, be starting next week, a week after. We, we are going to do our best, or the contractors will do their best, not to um, affect our services. So there might be a hole there. Don't climb through the hole. It's a shortcut, I know, but okay. Um, we, they, they obviously have got expertise in how to do these things without affecting the running of the church. So um, we look forward to that. Are you excited? <laughs> so the Lord is good. Let's just pray and we'll get straight into this word. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are the God of change. Lord, your word says that you make all things new. And that when the new comes, the old goes. I pray, Father, this morning that you may speak into our hearts, that, Father, you may lead us um, in our lives, in our homes, in our families, Father, in this nation, and, Lord, in the nations of the world, that you may help us to recognize what you are doing, Father, even in the midst of chaos. You're the God that is faithful. You're the God that is constant. And you're the God that never changes. And so I pray, Father, that you may speak to us this morning um, through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I had this word this this week, and just again, uh, we have started our relationship series, but I wanted to pause this week because I felt this was necessary, um, not only for you and me as an individual, but for us, it's the Father's house. So if you're a visitor here this morning, I trust the Lord will speak to you and he will reveal to you where you're at. But Father's house, I am, I am bringing forth a message that I believe that is for the house. A message that I believe is for this um, community right now in where we find ourselves. And um, I've been praying and I've been just asking the Lord, you know, how, do you, how does one navigate change? I don't know about you, but we wake up one morning and the fuel is 26 rand. You wake up the next morning, it's 28 rand. I bought a diesel um, 
car a couple of years ago thinking that I was going to be smart. I was going to, you know, all the petrol people, as the escalation went, I thought, nah, you guys are going to suffer. I'm going to be easy, you know. And then just to wake up one morning and realize that diesel is more expensive than petrol. In a world that is ever-changing, in a world that continuously brings the unexpected. And I know this week we were praying um, for the Middle East, and I I sent out the document, and if you didn't receive that, please, uh, particularly members of this church, our stance is never political. Jesus was not a politician. Our stance is always for the kingdom. And um, you can get a hold of that document, speak to Bertram, and he'll, he'll get it to you if you haven't received it. But it's very important that the church understands what is the purpose and role of the church in times of change, in times where the unpredictable comes. Um, it's easy to get swayed from one thing to the other. Today's world, my wife always reminds me, you know, you, you don't know what is fake news, what is true news, what is... Um, misinformation, what is deception. Um, And so the church, the body of Christ, the followers of Jesus, the disciples of the Lord, has to know how to navigate a season where there is uncertainty. The one thing about change is that it always brings growth. You know, and I'm, I'm realizing this more and more. You know, my kids are growing up, my daughter's, I'm starting to talk about moving on. You gotta help me. <laughs> My wife is so excited. Because, <laughs> uh, in fact, Chauvet came to Cape Town at the age of 18. You know, I don't know what it is with Cape Townians. We stay. Was <laughs> We stay as long as we can, you know. Um, and so for, for her, this is something that's natural. I know, uh, Dr. Andre, you, you just sent off your daughter the other day. <laughs> Two of them gone. And, you know, change comes. And how we navigate change can either determine whether we grow through it or whether we buckle in it. Because we can. We can, we can, we can either choose to grow or we can choose to let the change overwhelm us. Um, there's a picture, uh, I hope you guys got it, just put this, I found this on, online, I don't know, I, I saw it on social media, maybe it one, it's one of you, <laughs> okay, bear with me, I just downloaded it, <laughs> okay, but I thought this is quite, this is quite significant, so there's a caterpillar, and we all know caterpillars turn into butterflies, right, <laughs> that is actually the purpose of the caterpillar, but, but they're having some drinks, and you've changed, and the other one says, we're supposed to. Uh, When I saw this, I thought, wow, the question that every one of us will have to ask, and this will continue throughout our lives, is are you allowing for change in your life? Imagine you were still the same like you were 20 years ago. I heard my word. (laughs) The other day I saw a picture of Veronica. I think it it was you and Myrna. In the youth of this church, Pete was also in your youth group. Cycling from Paro to Blowberg. Are you going to do that again tomorrow? 
<laughs> 20 years, I don't know how many years that was, but was it 30 years ago? Imagine you were the same like you were. In fact, in the last three years, I can guarantee you've changed. And when circumstances come, it brings change in acceleration. I don't know if you noticed that. Like COVID hit us a couple of years ago, and I remember everyone had to change. Sometimes, you know, the Bible calls it trials and tribulations. Sometimes these challenges that hit us are opportunities for God to grow us if we receive it as that. Second um, Corinthians 3, verse 18, and I thought it's important that we start off understanding um, even in the kingdom of God, your design is to change. God is busy working at changing you. So Second Corinthians 3, verse 18 says, and we all who have unfailed faces, that's the those that are following Jesus, those that are giving their hearts to, to the Lord, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. There's a saying that says, what you behold, you become. And this scripture really is, is painting the picture of those that are looking to Jesus, that are putting their eyes on Him. They are focusing their eyes on Christ um, and the glory of the Lord. And in your focus, what you behold, you become. If your focus is Him, you become more like Him. If your focus are the things in this world, the things on the news, the things on Facebook. I don't know about you, I get tired. So I don't, I don't actually go onto Facebook as often anymore. It's just really tiring, you know. It's nice to see, like, Veronica, Myrna, you guys putting pictures up, and it's, it's, they are beautiful things. But then there are things, like um, the formerly known Twitter, that is now, what, X. I don't know if you've ever gone through a Twitter feed, and all this stuff. And today, you, you'll see war after war. You'll see images that you haven't even invited what you behold, you will become. And so, within the church of Jesus, within the kingdom, Jesus invites us to be transformed into his likeness. That we, will, we are not called to stay the same, even from last week to this week. If we are beholding him, we should be transforming and um, I've been doing, you know, I do this every now and then, but self-reflection, self-evaluation. Um, another good thing to do is also find a mentor. You know, um, so I'm looking at Jose. I did a life coaching for like 10 months. Uh, it was about 10 months or so, just about. And um, it was, again, helping to get focused on the right things. Um, I realized last week, again, I needed uh, to self-evaluate, to self-reflect. Where am I at? Where's my family at? What am I focused on? 
all the changes happening in the world, where is my mind at? I believe this morning some of us are sitting in a place of reflecting on things that are consuming you and overwhelming you. And the Lord wants to shift you. You know, anxiety is a sneaky thing. It comes very slowly and then it starts to accelerate. And before you know it, you're anxious about everything. Before you know it, you can't sleep well at night. Your health becomes an issue. Your thoughts become uh, consumed by worry. I don't know if this sounds familiar for some of you. And I feel this morning that the Lord wants us to come back to the place where our focus is purely on Him so that we can understand the times of the day. My wife was reading to me the other day. Um, she's going through the Old Testament at the moment. And she read me a scripture. So she might have to help me a little bit here. Where were you in? In Chronicles. And it was, um, was it David or Solomon? That, that was, it was David. David was selecting um, men. No. You come. This is the way I get my wife to get involved with the preaching. Here we go. In, in, it's in one Chronicles, and um, Chronicles is basically a sum up of what what happened in Kings. Um, my sound goes. <laughs> Maybe I'll just stand really close to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, uh, can I shout? So, um, so basically, is that it, it's a summary of what's happened in, in Samuel and in Kings. And uh, if you remember, David was running away from Saul. And people started knowing that he was the king. And so the army started to join him from the different tribes of Israel. And so it's listed there the numbers that come from the tribes of Israel. And they, they're in their thousands. Like it's like 70,000, 80,000. There was one that's 100,000. And then there was one tribe from the tribe of Issachar where it's only 200. And their main focus was to be on... Can I go? Yeah. Their main focus was to focus on the signs and times and the, basically the media. So if you look at the ratio of those numbers, the thousands are focusing on being with the king and fighting. That's their focus. Only 200 were meant to be focusing on what everything else was happening. And the Lord spoke to them about that and they advised the king. I found that fascinating. <laughs> and so she shared it with me and I thought wow intercessors those that are called to prayer um, and I know we've got quite a few this, um, in this house you, you're called to be to be um, aware of what's happening in the world but to have prophetic sight to have prophetic insight to be able to see what God is doing. You see, it's easy to see what the enemy is doing. In fact, he's not even hiding anymore. <laughs> he's out there. Um, a friend of mine once said, you know, my daughter was struggling with dreams at night. And we were uh, look, seeking for advice. How do we help her? We know um, this is Aislinn. And her name means dream, by the way. 
And so she was having lots of, like we, we knew it was prophetic dreams, but then the friend of mine said to me, you know what, ask her to look beyond what she sees, in the, which was quite demonic at the moment, that in, a, in that moment, she was having nightmares, you know, and look for the angels and see what God is doing. Because the angels will not come and display themselves as the demons would, because demons will display for glory to bring fear, to bring distraction. And so we've been training Aislinn, and that's what we do now. And even with little Jude, when he saw a lion in the bedroom, you know, his imagination at night, we said, whoa, whoa, what, what, what about that lion? Is the lion, maybe it's the lion of Judah. And, you know, start looking for what God is doing. So intercessors, your role. We are my intercessors. Yay, yeah, there you are. Hey, your role is to see what is happening and to read the times according to from heaven's script. You see, there's too many scripts out there. People are nar- narrating the scripts. They're putting it out eh, onto social media, news, all these things. But heaven has a script. In fact, we all know how that script ends. God's report is way more important than the world's report. And so when when we pray, we pray for the will of God to come into this world. In other words, the kingdom of God to come to manifest on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer. See, it's never a political prayer. And I know that was part of the, the, the letter I sent out this week. It's never a political prayer. It's never a us and them. It's heaven. It's kingdom. And so that's going to bring me to today's scripture. Acts 6. And you can put that up, love. Acts 6. I love the book of Acts. I know, Derek, I know you love the book of Acts. Whenever we meet, we talk about the book of Acts. But you know, here we have the beginning of the church. And the church, so let, let me give you a little bit of background to Acts 6. From Acts 1 all the way to, in fact, Acts 4. We see the birth of the church, and it's, and it's the disciples that have walked with Jesus, that have learned from Jesus. They're the ones that saw Jesus go up uh, um, on the ascension day, and they're the ones that received the instruction from the Lord to go forth and make converts. Now, thank you, to go forth and make disciples. There's a difference between a convert and a disciple. You see, we can all go and preach the gospel and convert. We can try and convert the world, go to India, try and convert them all. But Jesus specifically called us to make disciples. And you're going to see today as we read the book of Acts, um, or the the chapter Acts 6, a couple of verses in there, how, how making disciples is not easy. You see, it's nice to put up a nice tent. You know, my dad used to do that. We used to go and do um, tent crusades, you know, all over the Cape Flats. Um, in fact, it was either a tent or we on the corner. And on the corner, and we, uh, my dad had a whole band <laughs> called the Revival Field Crusade. And um, that's where I learned guitar. 
My brother, Lawrence, used to play in the band. My other brother, Michael, who's also a pastor, played bass in the band. My sister used to sing. So it was a little family thing, and it extended a little bit beyond us. So we, and eventually, this whole group of us, I was so small with my little fake guitar. <laughs> the Pentecostal days, you know? <laughs> and I tell you, um, and we would go out, and people would come. People would come that, that were drug-addicted, um, you know, people come intoxicated, alcohol, and they'll come crying, giving their hearts to Jesus. And, and we did, my dad did this for years. Until one day, he realized that all he was doing was making converts. And not disciples. And so when they would go back to the area, the same guy that came up for prayer, you know, maybe a couple of months ago, was still there drinking was still there struggling, came back up crying. The difference between a convert and a disciple. Discipling takes relationship. Discipling takes time because it's the process of transformation. You see that catapult, you want to put it up again, love? That catapult, caterpillar. We're going we're gonna to edit that one out, right? <laughs> that caterpillar. <laughs> Thank you. Donkey. Thank you. Um, leave it up, leave it up, leave it up. That caterpillar, something went wrong there. Because they, they're probably supposed to be the same age. Right? <laughs> For some reason, that caterpillar did not go through a process. You look at the butterfly, I don't know, are you guys okay there? (laughs) You look at that butterfly, the process of transformation is never easy, but the outcome of it is Christ-likeness. That's what it should be. So, the book of Acts starts with these disciples, they got the word, and then they get told, now you're going to wait. And let me, let me explain to you. Acts 2, there are 120 disciples waiting in the upper room. Acts 1, there are 12 disciples mentioned. Now we know that according to the Gospels, there were 72 sent out. There are a lot more disciples that we are missing you know, because we focus on the 12 apostles, right? But in, in the upper room, there were 120. It could not have been a very small room. In fact, right now, in this room, um, there's about 230 chairs. And I would say we're probably just under 200 sitting here, maybe. I would think. Let's, let's cut that by a couple of numbers. And you'll have a room full of those disciples. What were they doing? Waiting for the helper to come. They were in the room. They were praying. They were expecting. They weren't sure when. Because Jesus didn't give them a specific time. All they knew was that they had a mandate to go and make disciples of the world. Not just, you know, down the road. Or just over the border to Zimbabwe. But to the ends of the world. And Jesus said, that will start when the helper comes. They're waiting, 
And then it happens, Sacks 2. The Spirit of God falls on them. They have a powerful revival. In fact, it falls so heavily on them that they begin to see each other through spiritual eyes. Because remember, it says it was like there was tongues of fire. In other words, their spirit eyes were opened. And they were looking at each other through the eyes of heaven. A glorious moment for any church. We had a few of that happening in this church not too long ago. A couple of Sundays of um, maybe you could call heavenly chaos. (laughs) God is okay with chaos because he is not chaos. (laughs) Um, You might have experienced that maybe years ago. Maybe there was a moment in your life where there was a moment of outpouring. Where you had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Where your spirit eyes began to see. It's amazing that at that moment, they were looking at each other differently. You know, sometimes, um, the, like I had a friend just say to me, I love you with the love of the Lord. As I translate that quickly, I love you with the love of the Lord, but I struggle to like you. <laughs> you know, because we saw things so differently. But we, we couldn't, we, we were like this, man, every week I'm with him, we're in the car and we're going places to go and preach the gospel, um, but so different. It comes to a place where, a point where these disciples um, experience the outpouring and Peter goes out because the people are calling them drunkards. And they're saying, what noise is coming from this upper room? It sounds like those guys have all been, and, and the, the time was before 12 p.m., right? It's like 12 n- noon, and these guys were drunk. And so the, obviously people are talking, what's happening? Aren't those the disciples of that guy, Jesus, that was killed? And now they're all drunk. Peter walks out, and Peter comes with the gospel. And he basically says to them, we, we are not drunk as you suppose. And he gives them the full gospel of Jesus. And in one day, the Bible says 3,000 were added. Now, let me explain. 120 people sitting in the upper room from 12 that walked with Jesus to one day 3,000. Now, if you're an administrator you know that you start panicking (laughs) because growth that is happening like this gradually is easier to handle and manage. But growth that comes immediately is almost overwhelming. And so this is Acts 2, Acts 3, Acts 4. They have all these amazing experiences. They all start to come together The Bible says they sold everything and they basically came into a little community, commune together and they started to look after each other and they were all basically going through the teachings of Jesus, reminding the disciples would remind them of the teaching of Jesus and and they would break bread and they were in each other's homes in this community. Acts 6 starts, in fact, before Acts 6, Acts 5, the thing is growing. 
and people are coming and there's this couple called Ananias and Sapphira and they come into this community but they come with the wrong motive and you can go and read that in fact it ends so badly for them because um, the Lord kills them on the spot every time the enemy tried to bring division the Lord would step up and kill the attack of the enemy Acts 6 and I'm just going to read 1 to 4 starts very differently so we see this revival group and now we see this community of disciples it says in those days when the number of disciples was increasing the Hellenistic Jews thank you among them complained against the Hebraic Jews now I'm going to stop there quickly it's amazing that wherever we are, people, I'm a people as well, <laughs> okay, there will always be moments of complaining. That's normal. Moaners on the groaners. I heard that, Martha. That's normal. That's normal. Look, we, we, in family, it happens. We, we are all uniquely, we heard last week, made fearfully and wonderfully. The way you see things, Tanya, is different to the way I would see things. We'll have common things, right? How do we get to know each other in our differences? We sit, we talk. That's what we did, eh? Sit, we talk. We work through it. In any community, particularly disciples that are growing in the Lord, there will always be things that we won't see eye to eye on. If, if you don't believe me, Find a church that doesn't have that and come tell me. And I might join you. <laughs> no, no, I won't. Every church will experience this. Because it's the nature of people. You and me. If God made us all the same, we'll just be robots. Imagine, Stephanie, you'd be frustrated with me. It's like looking in the mirror the whole time. God made you unique and different. Now, now watch this. It says here, they were complaining against the Hebraic, Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Now, let me explain. The Hellenistic Jews were the Greek-speaking Jews. And um, they also followed Greek lifestyle. Now, I don't know, I had a few Greek friends. And I, I, I saw a wedding once and they throw the plates on the floor and I'm like, man, sir, what is going on? Can we not use paper plates? <laughs> I know Greek culture is quite different. Eh? They, they're, quite, they're quite passionate people. You know, they, they love, they're loud. They love food. Now, now I'm going to just give you the contrast of a Hebrew. Very prim, proper. Very, very, like reverence, reverence, rever, reverential, is this right? I'm asking you, reverential, okay. Um, the, you know, they would walk in, think about it, right, into the synagogue, and they, they let's all calm down, let's, and the Torah is opened, and the rabbi would speak, and everybody's obedient. I'm, I'm telling you, the Greeks came, 
And they're like, yes! Amen! Have you ever heard those type of people? Amen, brother! <laughs> Hallelujah! Passion. Does it mean the one is right and the other is wrong? You know, sometimes we just have to embrace the differences that we have around us. It's, it's what the Father's house called multicultural <laughs> and multigenerational. I mean, here's another contrast of the Hellenistic and the Hebraic. The Hellenistic, Greek following, were modernists. They wanted things like modern. Like the Greeks were. They were philosophers and they were always challenging status quo. Bringing the new things in. The Hebrews were traditionalists. They followed tradition. They valued tradition. I found it significant that Jesus reached both and then calls them in to his kingdom and then he leaves them and says you sort it out <laughs> I'm going to go sit with the father <laughs> you know why because discipleship does not only happen like this discipleship happens this way the bible calls it iron sharpens iron you challenge me I challenge you as long as we're challenging towards Christ-likeness. So, they had a problem. What could have become a church split right in the beginning of the book of Acts. Acts 6, after a revival of four chapters, and someone, some couple trying their luck to come in with a whole maneuver, and God stops that, they have this problem. This isn't a problem that is malicious. Someone didn't start the thing. It wasn't started with somebody trying to, let's see how we can not feed the widows. But because there was a different, the, the different groups of people, they could have easily have seen it as you are discriminating towards us. And so they bring this to the to the apostles and they say our widows are being overlooked in the daily distribution of food verse 2 so the 12 gathered all the disciples together and again we're probably looking now at more than 120 because it says the disciples has increased <laughs> in fact at that time there were over 5,000 already that have come to Jesus and that's only counting the men 5,000. That's what the Bible says. So they were probably easily, if you just double that with women and children, you could be looking at 10,000 already. And it says, so the 12 gathered all the disciples together and, and they said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Let me explain the waiting on tables. Because they weren't saying, oh, that's too lower for us. I think a lot of pastors and a lot of leaders use this as an excuse not to do the work, serve the people. And in this church, it's okay for leaders to go and pack chairs. It's okay for leaders to clean the toilet. There aren't any 
serving jobs that's too low for leaders. And I'm really praying and I hope that you see that in Shavan I as pastors of this church, that we are willing to serve wherever the need is. But what the, the disciples or the apostles are talking about is what we call focus. They were the teachers needing to help disciple these thousands of people. And so they realized that they cannot lose their focus in terms of what God wanted them and had called them. I want to ask you this morning, whenever you face change, know your focus. Know your call. Don't get swayed from this thing to that thing. Even if a need arises, we always say this um, to our ministries here serving, don't fill a need and you're like, no, I'm, oh, there's no keyboarders. Let me just go and learn quickly. I'll play. If you're not called, you're not going to survive. Before you know it, that novelty will wear out and then you'll be frustrated and those around you will be frustrated. Know what you're called to do and focus on that call and stay, stay focused. So they go on, they say, brothers, oh, sorry, so the waiting on tables was really referring to an administration role. You can just imagine. If you have to distribute food to widows within a congregation of 5,000 plus, I don't know how many widows there were, but there must have been a lot. They would need to have it sorted. Am I right? Administrators. <laughs> I mean, you can't. I was watching Mr. B during COVID, and I mean, parcels of the parcels, and then they're packing, and then this whole, this whole organization thing going on that we don't even... We didn't even see. All we saw was the parcels delivered. You know, people would see the parcel come to their home and say, thank you. But this organization. And so they realized that they needed to appoint people. Brothers and sisters, choose seven from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. And we will turn this responsibility over to them. And will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Administration seems to be something that is easily overlooked in church world. Even in, I would just say in ministry in general. Um, I quickly realized when I was an itinerant minister, (laughs) I had to quickly learn how to administrate. It's funny. When you have to book your own flight, (laughs) you have to make sure that your connecting flight is not going to you know, the, the gap, I mean, this sounds silly, but you, you think you're going to have enough time, so you book two flights, right? And the next flight is like an half an hour. Now, where this falls flat is when you go to Dubai. You just have to land in Dubai, and you quickly realize you're not going to make it. Because you're going to spend at least, what, half an hour, 45 minutes, just in the line, and if you're Jason, they're going to pull you out, and they're going to take you to the room. <laughs> I, I, I used to pray for Jason all the time. We went to Australia and <laughs> we arrived and, and now they've got all these lines, you know, Asians here, um, Hellenistic Jews, you know, <laughs> Asians. And then there's this African line, Africans here, you know. And so I said, Jason, um, I think it's our line. And it's only the two of us. 
Literally, it's only the two of us. Like all the other lions are running. We, we go stand. <laughs> we go stand. He's got, he's got his drum uh, sticks in his bag. <sighs> Australia. <laughs> Lord be with you. We, so we're standing there and I'm thinking, okay, this should be easy. You know, everything is sorted. Visas, yeah, everything is sorted. And we're here for ministry, so it shouldn't be difficult. No. They, 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 were, they were nice with me, and they were nice to me. But Jason, <laughs> they called him out, they put him, man, I mean, I, could, I don't know how much patience this man has got, but he's got a lot of patience. They, they basically searched him, they opened all his bags, they threw the things out, and only to find two little drumsticks. And they said, you're not allowed to have this. And I looked at Jason, and I was like, just give the drumsticks, man, <laughs> give the drumsticks. Um, apparently, there might have been some bugs or something. What did they say? Parasites. <laughs> you can't bring wood in. You know, we, we went to the States a few times. Ah. And, and so he had his fair share. And uh, one, one of the t- I'm walking through, and uh, it was a Chinese lady, looking lady. She's American Chinese. And she says to me, um, stop there. What are you doing here? I said, I said um, it's all there. It's, you know, it's not like it's not there. It's there. I've got the letter of invitation, everything. It's like, I'm going to a church conference. No, you're not. You're coming to work here. I said, ma'am, I'm not coming to work here. I have a job at home. You know, I do, I do have a job. I've got a business, in fact. No, not there. And, and you know, in my head, eh, it's, it's funny how easy you can get offended. I mean, she's doing a job. She has to do a job, you know. But I got so offended. In my head, I'm thinking, but you're Chinese. <laughs> you, know, you know, that thing comes up, eh? Like, get a mirror up, man. <laughs> like, look at you, look at me. Like, I look more like them. <laughs> you know, I'm, jo- I'm joking, but I'm actually, I'm actually quite serious, eh? How easy it is to look at each other. And, and we see the differences, and then we can either put a God up. But I don't, man, I don't worship like that. You know, we had a worship leader run through the church the other day. I don't know how many churches have that. She ran, literally, she ran down here, all around, came here. We had a couple of people <laughs> running this way. You know, um, I'm not a runner. I, I most likely won't be running around in this church. How easy. <laughs> but you know, let me, let me go to the other extreme. We have people that are willing to worship, but just quietly hearing the Lord. Fathers ask, we are okay with that. You see, we're not trying to cookie cut everybody into an expression of culture or an expression of upbringing. This is what the Hellenistic and the Hebraic Jews had to come to. And I love the way the disciples stayed away from what the enemy was trying to do. They didn't make the issue about the differences. Listen to what they realized. It's about administration. Had 
they called him in and said, okay, let us hear the complaint. What? So-and-so did this. They overlooked us. They are against us. They are. You see how easy the enemy can bring division? They looked at the situation and they said, what is the solution to the actual problem? And I think it's a lesson for any church and for any, even uh, any believer in how you handle change or differences and growth, eh? Is that we look at it, and I love the way they explain who they're going to select. Spirit-filled. In other words, we look at it through spiritual eyes first. It's easy to go through the flesh eyes, you know? And we... Let's justify this. Let's find a man. Somebody has to pay. But they said, whoever you choose needs to be spirit-filled. We can see it through the kingdom lens. Imagine they chose the wrong person. Hey, like uh, the leader of the one party that wears an overall. Think about it. Came in there, right, Hellenistic, you guys are being overlooked, Yella, all of you, you're wrong, we're going to sort this matter out, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to take away from you guys to give to you guys, and then you guys are going to be sorted, and until we feel that's even, then we'll come back to equality. That's not kingdom. It's not kingdom. You cannot come looking for justice in the kingdom. Justice was hanging on the cross. For all mankind, that's where justice was. And so they had to choose someone or seven of them that was spirit-filled. Look through the eyes of heaven. Secondly, I love this. They're not just spirit-filled, but they're filled with wisdom. What is wisdom? The ability to take that which God has given you and apply it to life. In other words, it's practical. Administrators know how to do this. They are practical. They look at practical solutions and what is wise in the way, how can we apply this through wisdom? Practical solutions. Mr. B, you're a practical guy, filled with the Spirit. That was the qualification. And so when they chose these men, they said, and they'll give them the responsibility. They gave them the full authority to administrate that with grace, spiritual um, insight, and wisdom. And then they could go on and continue with what they are called to do. I was praying this week, and I was praying, you know, the Lord is growing this church. If you haven't noticed that, just keep coming, and you'll start seeing faces you don't know. For those that are joining us, I want to say to you, you may come from backgrounds, like our, I also came, you know, from different ways of doing church, different ways of seeing things, even our cultural backgrounds, all that. But I want to, I want to appeal to you to not bring that and place that on this church. Be who you are. I said to someone one day, if you want to dress in a tie and a suit, go for it, man. You come just as you are. 
the way that you feel is appropriate for you. It's what Paul said, work out your salvation, okay? Work it out. But then I would also ask you, don't look at the next person and say, hey, I see their toes. You laugh. I, I, one day was called in. I was running a worship ministry and I was called in. There's too many toes on the... Make sure all the toes are covered, Tim. I know, it sounds silly now, right? I remember, I remember calling one of the worship leaders down, shame man. He had, he had the wrong shirt on. You know, he had a, I don't know what kind of shirt. And this is, this is how far this silliness can go. I, I was so, mm, called him and said, come here. That's not the shirt that you're allowed to wear in this house. Poor guy who had to drive home. <laughs> You know, I, I soon, yeah, I had to, we, we laugh about it now. I saw him the other day and I was just like, what? What were we thinking? As though God is moved by the external things. We're not saying go to the other extreme where you are a distraction, you know, for the Spirit of the Lord, right? But, but hey, if you wear, if you wear a shirt or a suit or a dress or a hat we're not going to judge you for that that's a rhyme right there it's good to rhyme then you will remember it (laughs) and the same would be for those that don't go that route of wearing and dressing up wearing south african you know it's it's what i believe god calls a church into maturity because we look to jesus he's our focus and if you struggle to do that, then come and, come and talk to us. Yeah. We can help you. Struggle to, you know, take your eyes off people, then it's fine. We pray with you. We'll, sometimes you just got to talk as well. Let it out. You know, just let it out. But God is calling us into a community that is able to walk together in love. Sometimes... Leaders make tough decisions. That's the job of a leader. Sometimes um, some decisions are easier. We can get the whole community together. We can ask. Sometimes we have to just make a decision, you know. Um, we experience that even now with the renovations. We, we have a plan, and then all of a sudden something comes in, you know. And it's maybe the contractor or someone says, now imagine we have to come all the way back here and say, hey, uh, we want to choose a color for the floor. <laughs> now, I think we're sitting at about 300 now members and imagine 300 people saying what they prefer. You see, unity isn't necessarily agreeing on everything. Unity is not agreeing on everything. Unity is the ability to say, even though we don't see everything eye to eye, what are we in common with? What are the common things? And are those things far more important than a color of a floor or a wall? Um, When we give responsibility to leaders, we have to empower them to make decisions. My leadership approach is very team. I believe in that. I believe in the collective because that's scripture. 
I don't lead my business like that. I'm alone. I'm a, I'm a business owner. Well, entre- what do you call it? A freelancer. Right? Until you have a staff, right? Then you become an entrepreneur. <laughs> I haven't graduated yet. Um, <laughs> but, but I tell you something about the church is that it's a collective. We have an eldership. Our eldership sits, talk about some difficult decisions. Sometimes we just WhatsApp each other and say, guys, we've got to pray into this. We've got to think about this. Um, we have a finance team that the eldership mandates authority to, gives them responsibility, that governs the stewarding of the finances of the SAS. I sit in the finance team, I sit on the eldership. Sometimes decisions are made that I don't necessarily agree with. But you know what the scripture says? There is safety in the counsel of many. And so I submit to the council of the team when there's consensus in the team. I submit to that because the safety lies there. The disciples operated like that. They would vote on decisions that needed to be made. Think about this. Most of those decisions, are you are the result of it. That's the heaviness of that responsibility. And so our eldership, our finance team governs the church. And what I love about this church, and we did it a couple of weeks ago, is that we can openly talk. Church, don't lose that. Don't ever feel you can't talk. Talking is not bad in the right forums. Talking in the wrong forums, the Bible calls slander. Because where the right forum is, is where the truth is. Where the context is. Where you can ask the questions. It's the same thing we have with our family. We talk when someone is not happy in the family. Sit down, let's hear what are you not happy about. And so the church is a beautiful, complex thing that Jesus put together. It's called his body. We're part of the greater body. Now, you think, you know, I, I said to the staff this week, we like a basket of, of fruit, man. It's all kinds of fruit in this basket. I think what we need to do is clearly define the basket. And I, and I know that comes to our vision, our mission, who we are. But I think that we, and we're going to do this in the next couple of months, need to clearly define that basket even in our expressions on a Sunday. Because when we know what that basket, and, and if every fruit can fit into the basket, then everyone can be who they are. So, I went a little off the notes, but I'm going I'm to leave it there. I, in my prayer, I was praying for the church, and I prayed that the Lord will give us a heart for each other. And I want to say this this morning. Shavay and I, we're not just doing a job. You know what a job is? It's just to complete the task and get it done. We, we are called to love on you. And we love you guys. And thank you, Connie. And you know what we love? 
is the diversity. It's the fact that we are not all the same. And so I, I said to the Lord, help us, Lord, here in Friedenburg, where there are many churches that don't look like this. Help us to be that church, that we can be that lighthouse in the surrounding, this, this community that we're in, the surroundings, that we, we can be a representation of the kingdom of God on earth. And I will fight for that. I will, I will honestly, I will fight for that because that I believe is worth fighting for. And so I want to I close this off by just bringing it back to you and bringing it back to us. What are the things in your life that God is wanting to change? And are we willing to change? Are we willing to walk that out? Somehow you close your eyes just for a moment. Lord, I thank you for your church. Thank you, Jesus, that you not only died for your church, but Lord, you rose for your church. And Father, you gathered your people because you love all people. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, even with all the changes going on, not just in this house, but in our, our lives, in our homes, Father, I, I know, Father, that many are um, trying to figure things out. So I saw, you know, and this is, this is not a prophetic word because I think this is just what it is. You know, a lot of people just trying to regather their finances, re-budget, um, and concerned about it. And this week I, I had to lay it at the Lord and just say, Father, even my finances, it's yours. Sometimes, you know, that, that anxiety thing was to creep in, you know. And it's amazing how God just comes through on the last minute. I mean, my wife and I, we've just been seeing that over and over. And I want to encourage you, if that's where you're at, instead of worrying, instead of trying to, you know, um, figure all things out in your head, which I know is overwhelming, just come to the Father, come to Jesus, lay it at his feet, ask for spiritual insight and wisdom that God can show you for your business or for your home how to manage this change. And then I want to also just ask you in your heart, maybe there's been challenges in this house for those that are members, those that have been coming. I just want you to settle that with the Lord. And put your trust in him. Now I've learned over the years, Jesus is worthy to be trusted. Man can fail and will fail, but Jesus is worthy to be trusted. So I thank you, Father, for your peace. And I thank you, Lord, that as you guide us, that God, when you bring the growth, you bring, Lord God, also the peace and the assurance that you are with us. And so we commit this to you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. And
Amen. Thank you very much this morning. Um, this evening, there is no Bible school. <laughs> Bible school is as finished a couple of weeks ago. But um, in the week, so, so one of the things on, on Wednesday, we got Connect Nights. And Connect Nights is basically where um, our growth groups, or we're calling them now Connect Groups, are actually gathering here. And um, this Wednesday past, the guy sent me some pictures. It was awesome to see how many of you showed up. And, and it's necessary because we want to be in community. We don't just want to be coming to church on a Sunday and nobody knows you. And, um, so I want to invite you um, on, on Wednesday nights. And like Marlon said, it's for the whole family. So even if you want to bring your family, um, bring them. You'll see they've sorted things out. Um, we got a little teaching, and, and that teaching is like not too long. It's like 20 minutes. And then it's really the focus is into the groups where you meet people. They pray for you. They minister to you, and maybe you can even get a prophetic word and things like that. But I wanted to say, um, for those that have come, well done, <laughs> keep coming. And for those that haven't yet, even if you just come to check it out, you, we're not like, you know, put your name down, now we're going to force you to come every week. Just come and see what it's about. Even if you come every uh, two weeks, three weeks, just to get to know people, you will get to know a lot more people coming on a, on a Connect Night. So the Lord bless you. Please have a cup of coffee uh, next door with us. And uh, we'll see you on Wednesday, if not on Sunday.